Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. My name is Steven, and this is the Storytime channel. We've got some malicious compliance stories, so let's jump right into our first story of the day by Nutty Gooner. Want to speak to my manager? I hope you like rolls. Okay, this happened about 20 years ago when I was 17 and working in a major UK supermarket in a rather affluent London suburb. This was my first proper weekend job. I used to work in the bakery and it was the best section to work in in a supermarket. My job was to make sure that bread and fresh cakes were well stocked and presented and test the odd donut for quality control purposes so that we can make sure there was fresh items available before we ran out, slicing fresh bread, and making sure rolls were stocked and tongs were available. One busy Saturday, I was doing a quick inventory count, and when I came to the individual rolls, I saw a middle-aged lady in a large furry coat and luscious red fingernails. I didn't pay much attention to her until I saw her with a crusty roll in her manicured and bejeweled hand, give it a squeeze, poke her thumb through the crust and threw it back in the basket. She did it again and when she reached in to try a third one, I piped up. Excuse me ma'am, would you mind using the tongs provided please? She ignored me and grabbed a third roll and broke the crust. So a little louder I said, ma'am, please use the tongs provided. She heard me that time and glared at me and said, I beg your pardon? Ma'am, please don't grab the rolls. Please use the tongs in the basket. Are you saying that my hands are dirty? She then raised her voice while waving her embellished hand at me, wiggling her fingers so they sparkled as they moved. Are you suggesting that this is filthy? Well, knowing that folks tend to not wash their hands before using trolleys and baskets without blinking or thinking, I said, yes, they are. Please use the tongs. The inevitable happened. I want to speak to your manager at once. You should learn to respect your elders and betters. I'll have your job for this insolence. So I called for the bakery manager to come on down, bearing in mind this was a busy Saturday. He was in his whites and wanted to know what the problem was. The woman went into a sob story on how she was testing the rolls for freshness and I was so rude to her, telling her how her hands were filthy. A few crocodile tears here and there, how she never had been so insulted. In a stern voice, my manager turned to me and said, Did you say this to her? Now, I was starting to think I did something wrong, and a bit nervous, I replied, Yes, I asked her to use the tongs. She ignored me, so I asked her again. Okay. My manager turned to the woman and said that he will be back shortly. He needed to do something and get some paperwork. While my manager was out of earshot, the woman crowed, See what happens when you don't know your place? I said I could have your job for this. My manager did a quick count of the rolls, muttered 224 loudly, and went back into the room. He then emerged with an industrial-sized black bin liner. He then proceeded to empty eight large baskets of rolls into the bin liner and a label for 224 individual granary rolls, tied up the bag, handed it to her, and said, Here you are, madam. They're all yours. I beg your pardon? 
The rolls, madam, they're all yours. You openly admitted to contaminating our stock. You've ignored a member of staff when she asked you repeatedly to use the tongs. You've wasted my time. You are paying for the stock you have damaged. Good day. What am I supposed to do with all these bloody rolls? I only wanted two. With a dazzling customer service smile, my manager chirped, Not my concern, madam. Security will escort you to the tills and make sure they are paid for. Enjoy your weekend. He then turned on his heels and went back upstairs to the bakery. The woman looked at me, then the huge bag, absolutely aghast. So I did the only thing I could do, grab a random loaf of bread, take it to the bread slicer, and laugh in the back room. I saw her almost every week afterwards, always using the tongs. We wouldn't get away with that now, but easily my favorite manager in all my years of working. I'm actually shocked that this is enforceable. Like, I know they contaminated them, but you can't force somebody to pay for them, can you? What do you guys think? Was this enforceable? Should the lady have had to have paid for all 224 rolls? Let me know in the comments down below. This next story is by Chess Hatter. So you accuse my daughter of faking my signature? Hey honey, wanna practice falsifying mommy's signature? This happened back in high school when I was in my first year and 12 years old. Our school had the system where, if you had tasks or homework, you needed to write those down on a specific piece of paper with the date and the score and a box for the parents to sign. At certain intervals, we would get a date by which a parent had to have put their signature in every box so they could be sure they'd seen all the tests and scores. Now, my mother is one of those people who constantly changes her signature. By which I mean sometimes she signs with just her initials, then her full name, then the initials of her first name, which has two parts, and her full last name, then her full first name, but only the first letter of her last name, etc, etc. Basically all the combinations you can possibly think of. Now normally this isn't a problem, but with this paper, you would have all signatures in a row and it's immediately obvious that the signature is different for almost every single test. And of course, my biology teacher thought I was faking the signatures. I would like to point out that, okay, I wasn't a genius in biology, but I got good grades. I didn't even have one fail on the list at that time. Can't remember the exact score on every task and test, but I remember finding it strange that she'd think I'd falsified my mother's signature for good grades. She called me to her in front of the entire class and accused me of having faked the signatures. And not in a soft tone of voice, either. Everyone could hear what she was accusing me of, and me, being a rather shy and terrified first year, that teacher was scary to first years, I'll tell you, kind of stammered that I hadn't falsified anything, but would you know, she didn't believe me. She wrote a note on my planner in which she asked my mom to come and have a chat with her when she was able. Cue me freaking out. I've always been a good student and never had gotten a note on my planner before. And my mom, well, she may only be 4.9 feet, but she can be terrifying if she wants to be. So I went home, knees shaking, palms sweating, and showed the note to my mom. She immediately demanded to see the paper, stared at the signatures for a while, and then apologized to me. She said she'd go talk to my teacher as soon as possible, which she did, but for some reason, the woman just didn't want to believe her and thought my mom was an entitled mom whose precious girl could do nothing wrong and that she was protecting me. She urged my mom to make sure to have a signature I couldn't possibly falsify and that if it happened again, I'd get a detention. This is where the malicious compliance comes in. You have to know that my own handwriting and my mom's look nothing alike. 
She has this nice, big handwriting with loops and letters that are attached to each other. While my handwriting is super small, changes from attached letters to loose letters constantly, and barely with any loops at all. Of course, if I really wanted to copy her signature, I probably could, maybe by tracing over one of hers on another piece of paper, but it would be difficult. So when my mom heard that she had to pick a signature I couldn't possibly falsify, she smirked and said, Oh, don't worry, I'll make sure you know she didn't copy my signature. From then on, every single time my mom would have to put down her signature for anything regarding schoolwork, as she knew my teacher would probably tell other teachers I'd falsified my mom's signing, she'd make me try and copy it directly underneath it, making me add my name underneath my signature. And underneath that, she would always address the biology teacher and write something along the lines of, Don't worry, as you can see, I checked and her signature looks nothing like mine. When some of my classmates caught wind of what my mom was doing, they gleefully started doing the same thing on their tests, trying to copy their parents' signature as bad as possible, signing their names under it again, and adding the name of the biology teacher. In a matter of days, the entire class was doing this. Needless to say, the next week, a lot of teachers had noticed this happening and were wondering what was going on. And when our class teacher addressed the issue during class hour, I had a note ready for my mom, whom I had told what was happening and who had written this in advance to give to any teacher who would talk to us about this, and handed it to her. The class teacher read it, started laughing hysterically, and kindly but firmly ordered all of us to stop these shenanigans, as we might actually get in trouble if we continued falsifying our parents' signatures. She also said she'd have a chat with my biology teacher. For the rest of my two years in that school, no one bothered me ever again about falsifying my mom's signature. Though the biology teacher really didn't like our class after this. My mom still thinks of the incident every now and then and has a good laugh. She still uses 12 plus different signatures though. This story actually took me just right back to I think 4th grade where we actually had to get parent signatures every week. And one week I had forgotten so I thought I would just sign it because it seems very easy to recreate. And I thought it looked exactly the same but the teacher still called me out on it somehow. I don't know, maybe the teacher saw me writing in it or maybe I probably did a terrible job in retrospect and as a small kid I didn't realize it. That being said, now that I'm older and I have my own signature, I know that my signature is not consistent enough. Especially if I'm signing on a receipt, I just do some scribbly stuff honestly, I just it doesn't hold up when I have to do it quickly. This next story is by Condor B. You want to test every day? Fine. Back in 2018, we got a new teacher for our apprenticeship class. The kind of guy nobody really likes. He would constantly brag about his volunteer work, his academic achievements, and in general try to make you feel stupid every time someone raised their hand. Second or third time we had a class with him, he would ask, How often do we need to test the RCD? For clarity, the RCD is an electrical safety device which in practice doesn't need testing at all, but the rulebook states twice a year in 99% of all cases. Oh, and by the way, it cuts off the power if you test it. So, one student would raise his hand and answer, twice a year, it's even written on the device itself. The teacher says, Wrong, we are in a laboratory environment, therefore it's once every day. Trust me, nobody does this in the real world. Two days pass and we sit in class with him again. He walks in without saying anything and just starts setting up some kind of experiment. 
numerous devices, electrical engines turning, a PC doing some kind of measurement, all the good stuff, but all without explanation. We had no idea what was going on. He simply turned to us like, You should understand everything here. Are there any questions left? So naturally I raised my hand asking, Shouldn't you have tested the RCD first, since this is a laboratory environment? With a dead stare, he just pushed the test button while his entire setup just went black. You could hear a synchronized click from all the running hard drives stopping. It was magnificent. Thankfully, we didn't get graded for his class. That's such a beautiful and quick way to just shut down any mojo he had in that moment. Turns on all these random doohickeys and devices and measurements and whatnot and is like, well, you guys should clearly know everything that's going on, right? And he just flicked him right off that stupid pedestal he was on by making him just shut everything down and lose all progress. This next story is from Anderson. You aren't responsible for damage because there isn't a fence or curb? Okay, we'll get a 4,200 pound, two and a half by five foot curb. I have a family that runs a multi-unit rental property. On that property is a storm grate that doesn't belong to the city. It sits off the driveway to one side along a graveled border. It was fine for many years, but the local garbage trucks changed their route or something and began to use that spot to turn around. That would be fine, except they kept backing over the storm drain, caving in the metal grate that covers it. It didn't always fail, but often it would be deformed enough for someone's leg to fit through the gap. It costs about $300 for the steel to it, and the maintenance guy had to get help replacing the thing every time due to its weight. Also, there is the danger that someone could get hurt. Not good. The company that owns the trucks was contacted multiple times and they always denied any responsibility. One of those times they said that even if they had done it, there was no curb or anything blocking the gravel, so they wouldn't be liable for the damage anyway. That is where I come in. A few years ago, I got tired of paying people to haul some of my equipment around for me, so I bought a big old 5-ton truck. I also own an elderly forklift. You can probably see where this is going. I was told what was happening and asked if I could pick up a 4,200-pound concrete retaining wall block and set it up in front of that gate. How could I say no? So, on my next day off work, I picked up one made of red concrete. Today I learned they can put dye in the concrete when they mix it. I brought it back and used my old forklift to unload it and set it up. Within a couple weeks, the block had a chip out of one corner and had been shoved out of position by almost a foot. When I showed up to put it back in place, I was pleased to see a big streak the color of the local garbage trucks scraped onto it. I put it back in place and so far it hasn't budged. I know it didn't do more than scrub a little paint off the garbage truck, but I'm sure it gave the driver of that truck a bad moment. The new curb hasn't budged since. As far as the original grate goes, I would imagine that you could have installed some kind of camera that would be able to capture that, and I don't see how having or not having a curb would prevent that from being something that you could seek damages for, but installing a two-ton curb could also be a good solution, apparently. And our final story of the day is by Unicorn Space Station. May I call you John? Call me Big Mama. So I was working in a call center as a level 1 tech support for a big American telecommunication company. I was fairly new when this happened. Call comes in and after the initial spiel I ask, whom do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? John something? 
Where I live, we don't address strangers by their first name, but in the training, I was told that it's common in the US, so I followed up with, May I call you John? And a clearly annoyed voice replied, No, call me Big Mama. And you can bet your butt I did. Every sentence on that call started with, So, Big Mama, let's start with power cycling your modem. Big Mama, could you unplug the power cord? Thank you, Big Mama. Big Mama, can you let me know once the broadband light is back on? And so on. He was clearly taken aback as he was not expecting me to follow with his request. The call took a bit longer, maybe about 20 minutes, and for the entirety of it, I could hear his, I presume, girlfriend-slash-wife in the background laughing her butt off. In the end, as the issue was actually resolved, he kinda embraced it, and while saying bye at the end, he said, much to my amusement, Big Mama out. I'm not gonna lie. I was young, new at the job, and actually pooping myself that I'd get in trouble for this, but apart from a few confused looks from my colleagues that could not help to overhear me saying it, nothing bad came of it. I still miss Big Mama. He kinda made my day. Hope this post fits the format of malicious compliance, and thanks for reading. Big Mama out. I'm just really glad that the customer had a good sense of humor and totally went along with Big Mama. I feel like if I was annoyed enough to make that quip and then the call center person actually went along with it, I'd probably find it pretty funny and go along with it too. And the whole Big Mama out is actually kind of a magical moment because I can imagine in a call center type job you don't really ever get that much satisfaction or fun out of a call. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today, so if you enjoyed the stories today, please consider giving the video a like, and if you haven't, subscribe and turn notifications on so you'll never miss an upcoming video. And if you had a favorite story of the day, let me know which one and why in the comments down below. But no matter what you did, whether it was liking, commenting, subscribing, whatever you did, thank you all so very much for supporting me right here on the Storytime channel. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and as always, I'll be back tomorrow with more Reddit stories right here on the Storytime channel. Big Mama out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.